Don't put my business out on Twitter, y'all. I'm just saying. Oh, my goodness. Don't put my business out there because I don't have a blue check mark. You don't either. Oh, my goodness. Lord, I'm cursing. You don't either. What's up? What's up, good people? Welcome into Montgomery and Company. I'm Renee Montgomery. All right, so next week we will not have a show. We will not have a show next week because I'm going to be a training kid with the Atlanta Dream turned up. Obviously, I'm an executive too, so I need to be focused and locked in. But the good news is we've been trying to give you two shows per week to kind of get you ready for this moment. Please tap back in with us, by the way, after next week. But yeah, I'm going to be all up in training camp. And then this week on this episode, we're going to talk to Alicia Baumgartner about just boxing, being a woman in the space. And obviously, I asked her, what happens when people want that smoke in the streets? We're also going to talk about two anchors who got fired on the same day. Let's go. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the Writers Guild of America strike because I don't know if you guys know, but on May 1st, potentially there could be a writer's strike. And I'm going to actually let me throw back to I had somebody come on the podcast before because she was the writer of Good Girls, That's So Raven and Bel Air. But I want to let Carla Waddles give you just a baseline of what's going on right now. Yeah, you know, the Writers Guild of America, which is the union for for all the writers, TV screenwriters, um, it's our contract year. And so we're now coming to the table and negotiating what our new contract is going to look like. Um, and May 1st is our deadline to determine. We just took a big vote, um, strike authorization vote, where all the writers say, do you have the right to sort of go forward with the strike? Do you have our permission? And it was like a whopping 97% like, yes, you do, because there's so many things that, um, you know, writers are fighting for and feeling like um, there's so many issues I won't even get into, but just fighting for, you know, the equal pay and for what we do and for younger writers and for the experiences that they're getting and that they're not getting um, as sort of the format of television changes into these smaller orders of 10 um, that we're just not, writers aren't getting the pay and they're also not getting the experience that they would normally get. You know, I've been doing this for 20 years and starting out where we were doing 20 episodes a season, I was, um, you know, you learn all aspects of the show from the beginning to the end where you're in the writer's room and then you're on set and you're producing your episode and sort of in these short order forms that we're um, at television, writers are moving on from show to show to show and they're not staying. They're just in the writer's room in many cases and they're not learning to uh, produce their episodes or be on set or talk to actors or work with directors or be in the editing bay. And so much of what we do as writers is beyond just the writer's room. So um, right now we're just fighting to protect a lot of that. So we don't know if it's going to lead to a strike, but May 1st is the deadline for them to sort of figure it all out. And um, hopefully if we have to do it and sort of stand stand behind what we're looking for that, you know, you hope that it won't last long because people's livelihoods and um, but I, that 97 percent vote of yes, if we have to, then we gonna do it. The basic thing. So she gave you the foundation of what's going on, but I want to give you a little bit of history because I got some writers friends out here, man. And I was asking them questions about like, you know, like, what do they think is going to happen? How do they think that's going to affect the industry? How is that going to affect me, the viewer that loves TV? And so basically she was saying that, you know, last strike, last time that the writers had a strike, the strike lasted 100 days and cost the industry somewhat around $3 billion. Now, these are all loose numbers, not the 100 days. We do know that's the truth. But with the growth of the industry and the amount of content being made with streaming platforms added to the equation, you can guesstimate that if the strike were to happen 100 days this time, it would be well over $3 billion. So one, we don't expect the strike to last that long because I just don't see people allowing that much money to be lost in the industry. But this is the opinion of a person that has no opinion because I don't have any relations. I'm just saying people don't like losing money. From what I know about business, and I've you know been in some business rooms of big business being done, people don't like losing money. And so with this writer's strike, the writers are trying to get to a point where they can sustain. Like It's kind of crazy that you could be a writer on a hit show and 
it's the same. You could even make less than a writer that maybe isn't on a hit show. And this is again from a friend that is a writer. So there's certain things that aren't great that are happening right now in the industry. And that's what happens when players, I'm saying players to see here I am sports, but when people, writers, players, you name it, whoever that is, when they feel like they need to change systems, this is kind of what's happening. And so long story short, how does that affect me and you? Well, I think about it in a sense of our favorite shows. Think about what your favorite shows are, whether it's Succession, whether it's Ted Lasso, whoever, whatever your favorite show is, Harlem, was it Insecure? Somebody, the writers are what makes those shows so good. Like, yes, the actors can act and they are a huge part because that is like 1B. So there's 1A and 1B for me. 1A is the writing, 1B is the acting. And so even when we've asked people, if you go back and listen to some previous episodes, we ask writers like Carla Waddles, like what makes a good show? And that's what she's talking about. So if we know that 1A for making a good show is the writing, well, then we got to treat the writers better, man. I just, it feels like sports to me. If we know that the athletes are the stars and the main part of the business, they are what makes it go. Well, we got to make sure that we're treating the athletes the right way. And I think it's all the same. So I feel like anybody that understands those concepts, because I always had to sports explain things, because I know a lot of people that listen to the show are sports fans. And I'm going to get to the sports section in a second, because I'm going to talk about some things, greatness in particular. But I just understand that, when you don't like something, you unite as a group and you get changes made. That's what's happening with the Writers Guild of America strike. So hopefully it gets ended and hopefully everyone, you know, they say a good deal is when both parties leave a little bit unhappy. So hopefully both parties leave a little bit unhappy, but both parties leave a little bit happy. And we get back to our favorite shows, man. Now on to sports. Okay, so I was watching Inside the NBA and they said... In the regular season is when you make your name. And in the playoffs, that's when you make your fame. So I thought, yeah, that's interesting because it's literally happening right now. The NBA playoffs are happening. And Kenny the Jet said, Jimmy Butler wheeled his team to victory today. So it started to make me think about just greatness. And we talk about that word is such a large word. We hear the word goat mentioned all the time. We hear all these different things mentioned. And it's like, how do you define it? I don't think we should define it. I don't think one person is greatness. I think people can show greatness. People have greatness in them. Some people show their greatness more than others. Like Reggie Miller said that Jimmy Butler's performance in game four of the first round against the Bucks was one of the greatest single game performances by a Heat player in the playoffs that he's ever seen. And saying that is a big thing because we know players that play for the Miami Heat, Dwayne Wade, Alonzo Mourning, Shaq, all three of these great players have played. And they said that Jimmy Bucket's performance was one of the greatest. And again, there's that word, great, greatest. So I started to think about the word greatest and I'm watching inside the NBA and all of those players up there and including Ernie, he's great at what he does. And Jimmy Butler was able to show how he's great at what he does. And so I don't know. I was an athlete myself and I think greatness starts with mentality. People were trying to ask Jimmy Butler, hey, man, why are you so good in the playoffs and you're not as good as you are in the playoffs as the regular season? Now, Jimmy Butler, of course, was like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I don't think there's a difference. But when you score the fourth most individual points in NBA playoff history, Jimmy Butler, he did. So just so you know, Jordan scored 23, Elgin Baylor scored 61, Donovan Mitchell 57, and then Jimmy Butler 56 greatness you're already automatically in the category of greatness and so people are trying to almost ask jimmy buckets like how are you great how do you have the clutch gene because that's usually what we associate with greatness is when you show up are you your best in the biggest moments and i don't know when i'm watching the playoffs we watched greatness not even just jimmy buckets look at what lebron did listen dylan brooks said i'm not gonna respect nobody unless they give me 40 And Shaq said, well, listen, LeBron gave you 20 and 20. That's a 40-piece nugget, but that's greatness. What LeBron did was greatness. We're literally witnessing it live right now. So it also made me think about the WNBA season because I can't wait to witness greatness. Like, I can't wait until our team is in that gritty playoff game. The crowd is going crazy. ATL, go! 
ATL, go. Like, I can't wait to experience greatness with the Atlanta Dream. So, man, just watching sports right now, the NHL is in their playoff mode. NBA's in their playoff mode. WNBA training camp is right around the corner. We are all blessed to just constantly and consistently witness greatness, man. I love it. All right, so the first thing we're going to talk about is basically the question that I've seen on Twitter posts on multiple, multiple times now, especially due to the most recent announcements that I'm going to get into. But have we basically returned to cable? That's just the question that's being asked, because if you now start to look at the amount of subscriptions that you have, and I mean, everybody doesn't have all of these, but I'm just going to name some that most people have. A lot of people have Netflix. A lot of people have Hulu. There's a lot of moms that have Disney for obvious reasons. There's Peacock, Stars app, HBO Max, HBO Max Prime, Paramount Plus. Like, so y'all hear it. Well, now we already knew that YouTube had a premium service. Everybody always knows that. Like my son, his main form of TV is YouTube. So there, I knew that that too was a whole streaming platform because that's how he watches his TV. His favorite creators are his television shows but now youtube boy i tell you they done did something now because they have won the nfl sunday ticket what that means for people that like the nfl well you might already have the nfl app or you might already have certain apps that give you certain days because we know that thursday night is prom so if you want to watch the nfl games on thursday you better get prom now, if you want to watch the NFL games on Sunday, you better get YouTube. And YouTube just announced their new packaging prices. YouTube subscribers is basically $349 per season. You can get a you bundle get out of Red here. Zone for $389. <laughs> no football here. <laughs> Diddy. You got to stop making decisions for Diddy just yet. But I'm not yeah. even done yet. Here's the thing. Not only did YouTube do that, but also... Madison Square Garden Network announced that MSG will launch this summer games for the New York Knicks as well as the Hockey Rangers, the Buffalo team, the New Jersey Devils. They also are going to have their own streaming. So you New York Knicks fans, if y'all want to watch all of your games and everything like that, y'all might have to get the MSG Plus Network. So I'm saying all that to say people on the internet are a little upset, okay? People on the internet are trying to figure out, well, we was better off with cable. We thought we was doing good. We thought Not we had, really. We thought we was doing good. We thought that, okay, I like this. Cable's too expensive. I'm going to just get Hulu. But now it's turned into Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Peacock, Showtime, HBO, YouTube TV, MSG Plus Network. So now people are like, oh, and not to mention NBA League Pass, WNBA League Pass. Now people are starting to feel like, it's getting heavy. It's getting to where we got to make It seems like sports are becoming less and less accessible, even though they're trying to make it more accessible and have everybody have their own streaming platforms. But it seems like it's getting harder and harder to get. I'm mad because... <laughs> <laughs> because you better get Vance some TV. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> you said $350, and I was just like, I don't have no yeah, choice. What? We cannot uh-uh. have a football no. season <laughs> and no football in our house. It's just, it's not going to happen. It's just not. I already know. I'm going to I'm have to pay it. I'm, I'm going to have to pay it. That's what makes me so angry is that <laughs> they are making me pay this because we have NBA League Pass. <laughs> I didn't know it. But uh, Vance and his father had conspired. And one morning he got to eat his cereal in, in before school. I'm like, what game is this on? It's early. And he's like, oh, we got League Pass. I said, who got League? I'm thinking he went ahead and hit the subscription button on the TV. You know how they ask if you want to <laughs> do it. He did it by himself. I thought he did it by himself to find <laughs> out that him and the father had conspired. So I might as well just go ahead and give it up about this $350 NFL ticket. <laughs> well, actually, it was pretty funny because to that point, Cole said she came home one day and heard Serena singing, right? And she was like, <laughs> what's that sound? Like, what's going on? And Vance was already just so happened to be watching the game that Serena was singing at for the Hawks. Who were they playing against? I forget. Uh, uh, oh, they I were playing against the, the Cleveland Cavaliers because yeah. that's yes. how the meme was born, um, where I was sitting the only oh, one Donovan you Mitchell. with me shooting in the gym. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so, Cole, so basically you're mad because they know what they're doing. You're not alone in the sense I'm, of I, yeah, I'm people gonna gotta get it. get it. If you want to watch the games on <laughs> Sunday, you gotta get the pass. Absolutely. 
you all know I'm on a fixed income and everything. <laughs> yeah. And one of the reasons I got rid of cable because my cable bill went up to over $350 a month Woo! before I started streaming. And so I can choose what I want to stream now. If I want to stream it, you know, for this particular period of time, I sign up and then I stop it. But I just think I right now need to let all of our viewers know I'm starting a GoFundMe. <laughs> For, for my television views because if they raise these prices like this, the people who are on fixed incomes like me will just have to sit and twiddle our thumbs, I guess. Hey, you know, that's a good point. That's a good point because, like, how is Diddy going to – he's a big football fan. How are you going to be able to afford this if you're on a fixed income? So it seems like they're cutting out a whole demographic of people. They're not cutting out our demographic. I'm telling you what, I'm buying my Diddy, the YouTube red zone. I'll tell you that for free. I mean, Diddy's lucky that he has you. Y'all go ahead and, and, you know, start your GoFundMe, Snook. I ain't going to stop you for that. But I mean, a lot of people wouldn't have that, you know. It's a luxury. It's a luxury. Exactly. And this is the thing, you know, um, I had a cable company that wasn't very good. Anyway, we didn't get to see <laughs> off half of the time. And then for every little thing they charged you for. So what would happen is, OK, they charge for the 24 of the phone. So I drop off the phone. It drops down <laughs> one month. And then the next month is more than it was when I had the phone. I had security. I dropped mm -mm. it off. And then the next month or two, it's more than it was when I had security. You know so it was, no way, it was no way to win with cable. So that's why I got rid of it. Now, you know what? Mm -hmm. Cable and phone companies. Now, how is it possible that every time I call the phone company and complain, they have a better deal that they can give me? Yeah, that's, they that's not working anymore. That's what that's what Snook is talking about. It used to be where you used to be able to call and be like, uh-uh, I'm about to cancel. I want a cheaper package. <laughs> and they're going to give then you whatever give, you now want like, Okay, now cancel. And when you come back, it's going to be more expensive. <laughs> you know, I had a neighbor who said it really messed her up because she had that automatic payment. I don't do nothing on automatic payment. You, I I have to know before I pay you, I have to know what I'm paying for. And she had automatic payment and they didn't tell her that they'd raised it all up like that. She said all of her mm, bills bounced and everything because the cable yeah. company took out their money and she didn't even know they had raised the bill over a hundred dollars. Yeah, oh, that's something for I sure. Just, they really on Snook's it, face. It's just awful. That's it awful. is. It's, you know why? Because it, it's so crazy that they're actually that. To me, it's funny that they're even allowing YouTube to charge that amount because they should know they're going to lose views. They're going to, you know, that's oh, the it's thing. A I don't long understand. Game. No, they're playing a long game because it's like, imagine that you held out on year one. You're like, I ain't getting the Sunday ticket. And every Sunday you have FOMO. When you watch them highlights go on, go along. I feel like you're going to try to budget it in next year or something. They know that they're going to win like because they, 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 they know the that they got people. They right? got the product. They ain't got me. They ain't got me. <laughs> Said what's going to happen. These restaurants and these bistros and all these places that stream these games, Ooh. they about to have a come up That's because if people can't eight. afford $350 to watch the NFL Sunday ticket, they got $10 for an appetizer and some water. And so they're going to go to they're gonna be drinking Bud Lights. They're going to be cheap, they say. Oh, well, that's well, that too. <laughs> I'm done. But that's true. But my point is, is that you can always get a $10 appetizer and some water and go to your local place and watch the game. It's going to be like, like the equivalent of carpooling and be like, hey, let's have a watch party at your house. Oh, let's have a let's watch party at this restaurant. We used to yeah. have those. We definitely yeah, we used, used to have fight them. parties. Hey, yeah. and Actually, we used to have fight parties and Super Bowl parties. And speaking of fight parties, just stay tuned because we have Alicia Baumgartner coming up. Had a great conversation with her, but we definitely used to have them parties and stuff. But Snook, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know how you would handle this situation, right? You've been working at a job for 17, 18 plus years, and you get a note from your agent that says your services are no longer requested. Would you care that they didn't tell you directly or would you just be mad that you're fired? Like, what would your energy be about a situation like that? I think sometimes you have to know who your employer is. And so at, uh, going on their track record and things they've done, like. Uh, so what I have you done? Say, so if your employer called you, I'm talking about you. Me. Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, it ain't gonna happen to me. My employers knew better than to do that. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna say too. They would have been like, "That's that's the best bet." They need you need People to tell her I outside of office. Told me I would be the last one standing. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? Because why did they know not to do that to you? 
because I wasn't going to take too much. Most of the time I went to battle, I won. And so they said <laughs> after a while, they knew not to mess. So so that is not a proper way of doing things, basically. No, it's, it's like, not. It's not. But you have to really know who you work for. These companies these days don't care anything about their care. employers. And mm-hmm. I've said this before. You know, it used to be the paradigm used to be that, you know, employees and people are your best resources. They don't care about people anymore. The, the money, the almighty dollar is their best resources resource and if you get in the way of that dollar you better look out there you go i mean no lies detected i mean honestly (laughs) to that point i mean i've recently experienced the same thing so as everybody knows every summer we turn up with WNBA weekly and i like to your point though snook i don't necessarily think it means that the employer doesn't care about you sometimes employers Mm. are under stress too like the second longest tenured employee at ESPN got let go. So we're talking about like, we know all know that Don Lim- Lemon and Tucker Carlson got let go as anchors, but the second longest tenured employee at ESPN got let go along with 1200 employees. Do you think that they're meeting with everybody directly? I'm just saying like, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying that sometimes the situations are changing how things are happening. It feels like there's mass layoffs and shoot, I'm one of them because recently you should I got let a- me know. <laughs> uh, look, I'm trying to go to war snuff, <laughs> but recently my agents let me know that WNBA weekly would no longer be carried on Turner. That's just like, you know, for various reasons it happens in companies where it could be budget cuts. It could be new changes at the top. It could be anything. I call BS on this because it let me is. tell you why. Let me tell you why they will, they will hire a consultant and pay them almost six figures, a consulting firm, almost six figures to come in to tell them how to save a dollar. Then you can hire a consulting firm to meet with the people, especially your tenured people, and let them know that either this is not personal, this is because of this, this is because of that, but we are actually having to let you go. I, I don't I don't believe that because there's too that company is too big for them to ha- have just had the local HR person yeah. send out a mass text. It's it's not. They've had people in there along the way. We saw how Twitter handled their layoffs. I'm saying I know that we're talking about other, but this has been a problem with not just one company. Oh, absolutely. Facebook had what a mass layoff of almost 10%, something of that nature. So basically, long story short is we're starting to see these mass layoffs. And to to that point, guys, you know, like shouts to Turner, by the way, I still work with Turner. I'm gonna be there. Actually, I'm gonna be at Turner tomorrow on Friday. So tap in, by the way, playoffs game six. Um, So shouts to Turner. They're still family. But on the other side of okay, things. But before you go on with this, Renee, I also want to say that people should learn to, and you just said a shout out to Turner, to not ditch your employee in public or with other people because it sometimes comes back to bite you. And I think in some of these situations, people have talked about, you know, the upper room, that's where the bosses live or whatever. You should keep that stuff to yourself because sometimes it comes back to bite you. Yeah, that's true. I would agree. But I think the bottom line is, like I said, before these humongous billion dollar companies let people go, they hire these consulting firms at six and seven figures to come in to reconfigure the company to see where they can pinch the dollar, pinch the penny, then they could take that respectable six figures or they could actually do less than that and hire a team of HR people to let their people feel like they've been let go. Yes, thank you for getting us to this point because they've used these people to this point. They've gotten to this point because they <laughs> because of the tender people. But just, I mean, the courtesy is a courtesy. a union woman, honey. Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. Because then what happens is when the person comes back with a gun oh, and wants Lord. to go in there, no, listen, no, seriously, because they feel like they haven't <laughs> been seen as a person and they were let go, because they've given their time. A lot of these people work extra hours. They do extra things. And when you feel like that you've been putting as much as you can into the business and the business just skirts you off like that, we've heard about people being disgruntled about being fired, about being let go, how they were fired, how they were let go. And so to make people feel like, well, at least they gave me the DC of telling me to my face, 
it sometimes helps. Don Lemon, well, he did come out and made a statement against CNN. But, you know, to his defense, uh, I agree with Snook. You should not bite your employer's hand. And I don't know if he did that or not, but the no, news he did not. Says, he, well, that's what I was about to get at, that he was actually already let some go. Of pe- they have tapes, not maybe for him, but for others who have bashed their employer. And so, you know, in, when they're thinking about what should they do or shouldn't do, and you and they see that, well, you've made some kind of cruddy statements about them, you know, it kind of helps them push, you know, push you on out the door. No, definitely. But what I was getting at is that, yes, uh, Don Lemon was already let go. And I think that what was interesting to me was the difference in the way that they reported Tucker Carlson and the way that they reported Don Lemon. Like, obviously, however they did Tucker Carlson, he didn't feel the need to go out on Twitter and say, hey, my company fired me unknowingly or something. You know, they were like, oh, they decided to part ways. But then with Don Lemon, it was like, Don Lemon fired from CNN, you know, and he did not know himself until his agent told him. So I think that it would have been, you know, like the courteous thing to do to at least tell him directly and not let his representatives or his agents tell him. Well, actually, that's a good point because, okay, so I think that there's that's probably pretty much the gist of his problem. He probably felt like he was closer to the people than to be informed through an agent or a third party. But it's interesting because after he, being there for 17 years. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was there for 17 years. And then he clapped at them, honestly, basically posting a tweet and CNN kind of clapped back. It said, and I'm paraphrasing. Actually, let me get the exact tweet that CNN sent because they actually sent a response in to Twitter because this is how like and when I tell you guys we bring topics from don't Twitter. Don't put my business out on Twitter, y'all. I'm just saying. So oh my happy. goodness. Don't, so don't put my why. business out there because I don't have a blue check mark. You don't either. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. Lord, you don't either. <laughs> so basically the reason that we always bring topics from Twitter to the pod is because Twitter is where the news is happening. Don Lemon gets fired and it's all over the internet. He releases a statement on Twitter and then CNN's PR communications team releases a statement about the statement back on Twitter. This is why we talk about Twitter and their statement was Don Lemon's statement about this morning's events is inaccurate. He was offered an opportunity to meet with management, but instead released a statement on Twitter, end quote. That's from at CNNPR. So, Wait a minute, but is that after they already fired him? What yes, that's about? the question. No, right? Right? no, like, no, you no, 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 that should have happened before. Right, Serena, I agree. <laughs> that should have happened before you fired him. You should have said, can you meet with us? We have, we need to discuss some things. Then you fire him. And then if he, whatever, he says he says but he did right I wouldn't I wouldn't want to meet with them either after you already did sever my pack have a severance package in the mail <laughs> I've done a lot of HR stuff <laughs> at work and it is totally inappropriate for CNN to say anything in regards to him being let go that is not what you do if he made that they statement clap back. they got Twitter uh, fingers you mm. know what I'm saying? or that should have been probably handled internally but I don't understand why they wanted to meet with him after they fired him, you let me tell you why. Because somebody said this was not the right way to do this, and I'm I'm pretty sure what happened was somebody got ahead of themselves. They said, "Well, just go ahead and let him go." They let him go. Then somebody's like, "Yo, we need we got to fix this because it's going to look crazy." Reach out, see if he wants to meet with us, and we'll discuss it. You don't want me to come back in after you fired me. You don't want to send me <laughs> that email and no. say, "Hey, I know I fired you. I got your severance package in the mail Bring me your email." I've been doing this too long. I have security here to escort you. Yeah, out the so building. now you go. You now know, you go perp that, that, me That's out. how when you fire, that's what they do. You take all your stuff, then you don't come back and get it. You well, know? but to yeah. that point, don't you think that they might have been a little bit afraid that Cole, would you say, I'm going to set this thing off, well, basically? Well, then why did you invite him afterwards? Because they basically were dotting their eyes and crying. I'm not saying they're right. I'm just no, saying. I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just scared. shaking my head like, no. They I agree. Scared they should have been. Of the reaction <laughs> because... In Don Lemon's statement, there was a long statement that Don Lemon released, but he basically said that he had no indication, he had no idea, he did not see this coming. So basically, if Don Lemon did not see it coming, I'm sure they didn't want to pull him into the office and be like, yeah, so we're going to let you go. You know, like... Well, that's I how see, it happened. They took the and easy route. Is what it looks like. That it happened the same day as Tucker Carlson. That's what's like, crazy. That is kind of like that. That seems like it's too much to be a coincidence for some reason. Personally, I think the reason why Fox 
or those people say they separated ways or parted ways is because Tucker Carlson has been known this was coming. He's known this is coming well, down the pipe for a while. We can say the same for Don I Lemon. I think Don Lemon has too. I, I was about to say, there's no difference here. Both people have been reprimanded on multiple occasions. I know. I'm not saying that, but it's different because Fox News would have never probably parted ways with Tucker Carlson had there not been this lawsuit. He still okay, would be on true. the air right at this moment. He hasn't done anything that Fox well, News didn't allow him to do. Well, he actually has a sexual allegation against him, actually. Let me make sure we put out what all the facts. What does that mean? That don't mean anything because we're not, because that's, well, that's, that's not what, that's not what, I forgot that the law this, does this. not give very much weight to sexual allegations. We know that only because of what we've seen of the because law. So who, you're has right. the, who has sexual allegations? Women. Women don't matter in this world. It seems like everything is this against is women. This is a man's world. This is a man's saying, world. So baby. Saying, that's it has, not it has what to be actually, proven by, you know, and, and, it's, and, it's and that's another thing, point. You know? It hasn't been proven was allegations. So I don't think he thought that that was going to be what actually walked him out the door. I think he knew for a fact that this lawsuit was going to be what parted ways with him and Fox News. Yeah. That's the reason why. I think CNN, it was something totally different. I think, it, yes, it was, they were going through internal investigations and all that stuff. But what I think they should have done is I think there should have been a real conversation, come to the table and say, hey, it's not looking good. We want to let you know we're still in the middle of the investigation, but down the line, we may have to have a discussion. Some kind of That warning. would have been something yeah. that, you know, would have been yeah. right and fair. That's why Tucker's not mad because he knew it was coming. And also, we have to remember, $2 billion dollars but John Lemon's, one of the things they had coming down the pike with him with this women thing, it, it was really silly. That was a very weak way of letting him go because he said that one of the candidates was past their prom. At 51, yeah, you passed your, I'm past my prom. I know I'm past my prom. <laughs> it's the truth. If you're over 51, you're not a young thing. You know, so all he said was the truth, really. Well, was actually, so that's true, Snook. There is that. I was actually re- oh referring to God. sexual allegations against Tucker Carlson, but that is what happened with Don Lemon. Oh, but I mean, really? the whole point is that <laughs> we tell you guys all the time, we like to cover business because these are real business things happening. Like I, I experienced it where my agent, let me know that um, my services are no longer needed for a job. And so it's happening to everyone. It doesn't matter what job you have. It happens to athletes when people, when they find out they're traded through the media. I've been traded multiple times. You know, I found out I was traded. I wasn't even practicing with the team. I was so sick. That wasn't right either. (laughs) I'm I'm going to say it. it That wasn't right either. And and it happens (laughs) to older, older employees, male or women. If you go and you've been at a company for 30 or 40 years and a new person comes in, the first thing they do is they look at all how, who's paid what. If you've been there for a long time you might be making more than they making and that's a problem and snook we gonna drop the mic on that but yeah man we always like to just talk about things because the world is going through so many changes right now and we want to go through those changes with you guys stay right here though because alicia Baumgartner, man she's up next This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
are here with Alicia Baumgartner, and she's one of the most exciting fighters, all right? You guys don't know, but she stormed the global prominence with a fourth-round knockout over Terry Harper in 2021. I'm just going to start with that, but welcome to Montgomery & Co., Alicia. Yes, thank you for having me. Let's go. All right, well, first of all, nicknames. Listen, I never got a nickname while playing. The only thing they called me was Big Mommy sometimes, but <laughs> you got the nickname The Bomb, and I think that's Big Lip, man. How did you get that nickname? You know, I'm before I turned pro, I'm like, okay, we're going to need a name. Bumgardner is my last name. So I'm like the bomb. It just flowed with ah, it. So I'm like, perfect. Okay. So you gave yourself your own nickname. I did. Yes. Well, how do we feel about that? We Listen, feel about that? I'm like, this is, this is what it gotta be. And it just flows. <laughs> I love that. No, that's dope. And so we're talking about people like you're a boxer and that's a physical sport. You fight at weight 130. You're the undisputed champ. So like, see, this is things that don't happen to basketball where it's like, ah, there's nobody else to beat at 130. Would you ever move up to 135 for the competition of it? Or, or how do you feel about that? Yeah, absolutely. 135 is just, again, a weight class up. I love a challenge. I love making myself known like hey i'm here to fight whoever and and if i if that's moving up i will do that i love that all right so listen we're coming off the heels of the WNBA draft shouts to my squad the atlanta dream we reloaded with three great picks and it made me think about how something you said where you were like i firmly believe that women can do it all i see it on a daily basis and so when it comes to boxing i'm curious how the women's game is viewed and supported because this is something that on the women's basketball side you know we're fighting every day to just elevate 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 yeah i would say it's the same you know with it being just a women's sport but in a male dominated sport you know us women are able to uplift each other and i think when we're able to continue to do that we can, you know, rise to the occasion in the sport of boxing period and not even have women's boxing. It's just boxing. So again, it takes a lot of work because it's still growing and evolving and it's it's a movement. So, you know, we have to continue to work at that and make sure that we're recognized. I love that. It's a movement and it's just boxing. I like that in a sense too, because I think that you as well as some of some other boxers have said, like, listen, more fights, more pay. So how is that looking? What are your thoughts on that and the pay gap? Yeah, you know, again, it's another thing to continue to speak about and be vocal about because we are risking our lives every time we step in that ring, just like the men. And we just want to be we want to be recognized. We want to be respected. And just, you know, our talent speaks for itself. So, you know, it, it's con it's continuing to be better. But again, it can always be better. Facts. It can always be better. Speaking of better, the women's final four did record setting numbers, 9.9 .9 million viewers in the championship game. So I'm curious, you know, we talked a little bit about you, but I'm curious, besides yourself, who is a fight that you would want to see in the women's game that you think would probably do big numbers if those two matched up? There's a lot of top girls right now in the game. And so we have a few. Amanda Serrano, who's also undisputed at 126. We have Katie Taylor, who's undisputed at 135. These are big names that I would like. And these, again, will do numbers. We did 2.2 million views in London what? when we fought. And it was all women's cars. So, like, that just shows that, you know, people are watching boxing. And on top of that, we have dominant women at the highest level competing um, for titles. So it's 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 there and um, I'm all for it. That's crazy. And, you know, we're starting to see a lot more infusing of boxing, UFC, MMA. We've seen even on boxing. Would you ever be interested in we see where people are fighting, maybe not necessarily boxers, but the Jake Pauls, Logan Pauls of the world where they're influencer boxers. How do you feel about that? Would you ever join in on that? I am a professional boxer, what I do. And so for the entertainment world, I could see why people like, you know, certain celebrities are doing these boxing. It's entertainment at the end of the world at the end of the day. But I used to wrestle, so I wouldn't mind to do MMA. So I have a wrestling background. So that was something that I thought about doing just to step up. Like I'm an athlete, all around athlete. Again, I love a challenge. So why not? Love that. All right. So we're talking about like blockbuster fights and big fights. And on April 22nd, Tank Davis, who's 28-0, matches up with Ryan Garcia, 23-0. You know, he always is doing that little thing on his Instagrams and stuff. It's been talked about a lot. 
Who do you have in that fight? You know, it's a great fight. Again, you have two of the best fighters fighting each other. And I can't pick a winner. And I want the best man to win. And I see both sides. I see Ryan, who's hungry. He's young. He's undefeated. He's been the underdog. I know what it feels to be the underdog and to look, to be overlooked, to say you're not qualified. And then also you see Tank, who's built his profile, who is a world champion, who has fought, you know, some of the best fighters and is trying to stay there and make his presence known. So, you know, I see both sides and I just love that this fight is being made for the sport. And it's it's something to look look forward to. Definitely something to look forward to. We got power coming from Tank and we got Ryan Garcia with the speed and agility. And I always wondered this after, you know, like, listen, I like entertainment. Everybody knows that I like TV shows and movies. And with Creed and Rocky, we saw the scenes where after their fight the day after, it's like the pits and they can barely move. So I want to hear from like a real, you say you're a professional boxer. Like, what is that day after a physical fight like? Like, I can't even imagine. Yeah, you know, you you go, you go train for like two months and then you have one night of fighting. So depending how that fight goes, you know, your body can be pretty much beat up. But for me... You know, I might walk out with like a little mark on my face. It ain't nothing. <laughs> Your body's going to be a little sore, but um, it just reminds me that I work hard and that the soreness is there for a reason. You're like not that sore after a fight though, for real. It's like the adrenaline. Like, how is it? Like, because we see a lot of like, I don't know. It just seems like if I got punched more than one, if I get punched once, look out. All right. Everybody going to hear about it the next day. I would be throwing a fit. You guys are getting heat hit multiple times. Like, what is, like, is there a headache the next day, a migraine? What is it? Sometimes, you know, like, depending on where you're getting hit at, you know, you may have some bruising. You may have some sore, sore spots. But listen, it's hit and not get hit. Boom. So... The goal is not to be beat up, but the goal <laughs> is to win. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of the goal is to win, we had your homie previously on the show, friend of the show, Clarissa Shields. She's the GOAT. I don't know how to pronounce it pr properly, but she calls herself the greatest woman of all time. And honestly, she's been proving it a lot in the ring. And so I'm curious your thoughts because there's been discussions about should women's boxing go to three-minute rounds like the men? They're currently at two-minute rounds, but... With powerful fighters like Carissa, could that result in more knockouts as well with longer rounds? I would say yes. I see both sides. You know, two minutes is, is not a problem for me. I can get knockouts in two minutes. You can also get knockouts in three. I think at the higher level, as world championship level fights, I wouldn't mind to see those be three minutes just because they're high level fights. And two minutes goes pretty fast. So... I wouldn't mind that, but I also wouldn't mind a two-minute, 12-minute. If we did 12 rounds, two minutes, I think that's great. Um, but three minutes, you know, that has to be more pay, and that has to that comes with more um, to the sport for women. So those would have to, you know, be dissected in a way where it's, it's still being um, respected if we were fighting two minutes. No, that makes sense. And so do you guys have like a collective bargaining group or anyone that speaks on the fighter's behalf? Because that's a good point. Yeah, like everybody's saying we want more and we do because we want to see more. But you're like, yeah, but pay us more if you want more too. Who's fighting on that behalf? You know, that, that comes with promoter, that comes with network, that comes with your team, that comes with the sport of boxing, you know, Women's boxing makes the smallest movement. So if we're able to, again, capitalize and show that we can fight three minutes, which we can, you know, maybe we can draw that attention. But right now, I kind of like that it separates us from the men that we can, that we are fighting two minutes and that we are dominating in that fashion. So, I'm, again, I wouldn't mind 12 rounds, two minutes. Because the men are fighting three-minute rounds, 12 rounds. And how many rounds are you guys right now? So we are at 10 rounds. That's championship. Okay. Two minutes, 10 rounds is what you guys are at right now. You wouldn't mind 12 rounds at two minutes. So basically keeping the same amount of time, adding a couple more rounds. And the men are at 12 rounds, three minutes. Correct. Yes. Got you. And so what is that like? So you know everything is separate. So what is that like, you know, building your own brand in a sense? Because we talk about it a lot on the show here with name, image, and likeness because the college athletes now have entered that space where we see brand deals going all over the place with them. So what is it like from you, just a boxer, building your own brand in your own hub? 
Yeah, um, building my own brand and being my own promoter. When I got into the sport of boxing, I understood the dynamic. I understood that I was in a male-dominated sport. I understood that women were overlooked. So I'm like, I have to be the best promoter for myself to capitalize on any given opportunity and continue to build that profile. Again, this is an entertainment business and you can be a world champion. Nobody knows you. You can be you know, someone without a belt and somebody knows you. Again, it's it's all about building profile in, in, in this day of age, social media and what that does and, you know, capitalizing on those um, entertainment places to, to make sure that women are staying here and not dropping lower than that. No, it's crazy because that's a good point. Like you could literally be the best in the world in your sport and somebody not know who you are because somebody might be more attracted to a different style of fighter or they might have something that they do. Does that I know it's like weird to say, but does that ever make you want to have to try to do things to in the ring when you win or to make yourself stand out? Like because in sports, like for me, basketball, I played in the WNBA 11 years. If you play well, you're going to stand out. So if I make 11 threes, you're going to hear about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you break a record, but. In boxing, to your point, you made a good point. Like, we could very well not hear about it unless something happens, a crazy knockout or something of that nature. So does that ever make you want to, like, try to just do different things in the ring to stand out? Listen, when I'm getting in the ring, I want to knock you out. We all love <laughs> knockouts. We don't get paid by the round. And, again, entertainment. If we can entertain the crowd, if we can get knockouts, people are going to watch, period. So that's just something that I want to elevate my game more and just continue working hard, training hard, and have those entertaining fights. Well, health and wellness was a huge part of majority of my life being an athlete. I'm sure it's a big part of yours. What you put in your body, it fuels that machine. And I'm hearing that you may want to start a juicing business. Is that right? Yep. Again, performance is everything. We know what it is to perform and how our bodies are able to perform. I want to be the best on fight night. So it's important that I'm, you know, educating myself on what I'm putting in my body and how I'm able to perform because that matters. I love it. That matters. And just because of what you just said to me, it makes me want to leave with one last question of if somebody doesn't know who you are, the boxer, the person, like how would you describe them to you in a sense of like tap into your world? This is what you're doing. Like what type of fighter are you? What's your style? Like just talk to us about like who is this? Ama I know who you are because you've knocked out some folks and it's unreal. But for the people that may not know. You know, I sometimes I play with people and I'm like, do you ever watch women's boxing? And some people be like, yeah, no. I'm like, oh, well. You know, there's this girl, her name's Alicia, and like, she's really good. She's, she goes by the bomb. And they're like, really? And then I'll make them look it up. Like, yeah, just type in the bomb boxer. And then, you know, the knockout will come or just like the, the fight. And they're like, wait, is that you? I'm like, yeah. And then it just goes on from there. So sometimes, you know, people will judge, um, you know, a cover, right? So people see a pretty face, but they don't think that underneath this, I got muscles and a body that's ready to fight somebody. So it's kind of like fun to, to see the difference and really to show the world that you can be a beauty and a beast. And it's not just one way of how somebody should look and what, what does a fighter really look like, you know? So I think it's, it's nice to push that agenda as well. I love that. And so that made me think of something else too. So I'm looking at a photo on your Instagram of you and Michael B. Jordan, like what you went to the three Creed three premiere in LA, what was that experience like being a real boxer and just kind of infusing into the entertainment boxing world? I loved every minute of it. I'm like, listen, I don't know. I know some of y'all here, but I'm a real fighter. Like, this Let's is what go. I do, right? <laughs> this, is, this is me. This is my type of life right here. And so it was just nice to be there. Because, again, some people watch the sport, some people don't. So just to be there to represent boxing, a women fighter, and just kind of showed that other side. I loved every minute of it. And again, the movie was great. You know, I, I spoke to Michael and I'm like, you know, thanks for representing my sport the way you did. It's nice to have a good boxing movie as well. So it was dope. That's crazy. And th that made me think of something um, that Clarissa said, and this is kind of off topic, but she said like, when she goes out sometimes and people try it, she'd be like, don't try it. Has anybody tried it with you out? And you had to like, let them know, like, this is a lethal weapon and I can use it. Like, has that ever happened with you? It has, but I feel like I give off like this sense of like, I wouldn't mess with her. Like, <laughs> especially, especially if, 
if I got like a, a dress on and my arms are out, people are questioning, okay, what does she do? Because <laughs> that old, hand in hand, I don't, I don't know if I want to mess with that. So for the most part, I'm not no fighter outside the ring, but if I have to, you know. I ain't a killer, but don't push me. Okay, that's that part. That part. <laughs> Listen, Alicia, thank you so much for pulling up on us. I can't wait. You haven't, your next fight hasn't been named yet, but you already named the folks that you think would be blockbuster. So make it happen. Whoever needs to make it happen, the promoters, the sponsors, everybody, we want to see it and we're going to be following your journey. Awesome. Thank you so much. Talking to Alicia Baumgartner, you could just hear the greatness. You could feel the competitiveness. You know, thinking about NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, when the WNBA playoffs happen, that greatness that just exudes when people talk. You know, there's also greatness in TV talent. Some could say that Rachel Maddow shows greatness. You know, some people could say Joanne Reed exhibits greatness. You name it. Those hosts have greatness in them. Greatness can be at any job, any position. I think a lot of times we always associate it with sports, but I always say that we have a rock star super team in the front office for the Atlanta Dream. We got greatness in our office, and we want to have greatness here every week with you guys. We will not see you guys next week because we don't have a show, but it's a generational thing. Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.